pastor here at Fusion Church, and I'm just excited to bring the word today. Um, I'm going to bring a message called The Beggar, and, um, <clears throat> and we're, gonna, we're just going to look at some things in Scripture. Now, we just finished a series called The Domino Effect. It was, it was a lot of fun. I believe that God just really kind of did some really cool things through that. And uh, so today is kind of like a standalone message. Next Sunday will be a standalone message. The Sunday after that will be Mother's Day, and that word will be brought by our one and only worship pastor, Pastor Melissa Jones, and I'm excited about that. She's going to crush it. Uh, you, know, you, know how, you know how like I have this whole like string of craziness that just comes out, and you never know what's going to be said, and can you really trust the guy with a microphone, and do we have to apologize to friends and neighbors if we invite them to church? Well, so she's the exact opposite of that, okay? So yeah. it's good to give you a, toast, a taste of normal when you've been rolling with me and all that crazy for a while, amen? And, uh, and then after that, we're going to start a series that's very, very important to me and uh, very, very important to kind of our vision and our, our, where we are going. I believe it is God-breathed. And, uh, and so that, that series is called At the Core, and, um, and it's going to be a five-week series. Where we're going to talk about five things that are, that are at the core of the heart of this church. And those would be things like, number one, to see people saved. Number two, to see people filled with the Holy Spirit. Number three, to see people hit their potential in ministry. Number four, to rescue marriages that are struggling and hurting. And number five, to bring redemption to those who've been hurt in the church. Those are big, right? Those are, I don't know, I don't know. I think you hear me talk about these things a lot, but those are things that are always on my heart, and I believe that, that really guide the hand of where we take things, and so that's where we're headed, and so um, we're just going to talk about some, the why we do some things, and, and scripturally, and, and, um, and we're going to challenge you, and we're going to do our best to, uh, to, to bring healing for you, and, um, and, and kind of create some, some, some good momentum moving into the summer, Amen. So, but today we're going to talk about a, a message called the beggar, and um, and and I, you know, so last week there were a bunch of people who proclaimed in front of everybody that they want to follow Jesus. It was awesome. It was awesome. The the water, and then we even we even were able to uh, to baptize another young person uh, Wednesday night. It was awesome. Pastor Dan had a had a baptism for for one of our students, and it was really cool. Uh, the water was not it was nasty after all that <laughs> we had people man coming up out of the out of the out of the woodwork to get baptized it was awesome and they were pro proclaiming to the world i want to follow jesus but you have to kind of ask what does it look like to follow jesus right yeah. like we want to we challenge you and we say to you hey become a follower of christ and and chase after him but what does it really look like to have that life-altering moment and now you are a true follower of Jesus. Does that make sense? And so, you there? Let me hear the rocks rattle if it makes sense. Okay, man, you guys were on fire last Sunday. You the ashes this week. Man, wake up. I'm going to need some help. Thank you. I know you got me. Yeah, there's never a doubt about that. So, uh, there's a story in the book of Mark chapter 10. And, uh, and it really just kind of encapsulates what I'm talking about. And it's a story about a man named Bartimaeus. In fact, they call him Blind Bartimaeus. And, uh, and so chapter 10, if you have, how many of you guys have Bibles? All right, let's do something. I like to do this from time to time. Let's all stand to honor the reading of the God's word today. Can we do that? 
All right, so here we go. Uh, chapter 10 of Mark, verses 46 through 52. Here we go. And, and maybe you're like, I don't have the same, the same uh, version of the Bible as you. It, it'll be up here as well. All right, here we go. Now they came to Jericho as he, that'd be Jesus, as Jesus went out of Jericho with, with his disciples and were great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. It's not really a clever message title. It's pretty much right there. Okay. And when he heard that Jesus, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they warned him and they said, be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. It's like having a kid, isn't it? You ever, your kid like, hey, sh- no, stop. And they just get louder and louder and louder. That's him. That's where Bartimaeus is at. So Jesus stood on the hill, commanded he be called, and they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. Throwing aside his garment, he arose and came to Jesus. And so Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Then the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received a sight and followed Jesus on the road. Father, I just pray right now as we get into your word, prepare our hearts, open our eyes, open our ears. Lord, let this word that is on the page make its way to, the, to our heart today. Yeah. And, and let, it, let it impact who we are in the grand scheme of our, of our chasing after yeah. you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, go ahead and have a seat. Here we go. So the story of blind Bartimaeus, what do we see here? Guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some things that I've seen and I just, I believe it's going to bless you. So here we go. Are you ready? Let's do this. All right, here we go. The first thing that I want you to see is that Bartimaeus, he was an experienced beggar. And I have some reasons why I will tell you that. But Bartimaeus was an experienced beggar. Look at verse 46 again. It says, they came to Jericho. And as they went out of Jericho, so they walked through Jericho. And where are they on their way to? Do you know? They're on their way to Jerusalem because the next thing that happens is the triumphal entry. Jesus is making his way into the city to, be, to, to head to a, a final supper with his, with his people. And then he will find his way to the cross very, very soon. So that's where we're at. Okay. All right. So. His disciples and a great multitude with him, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Now, it's understood here that he is an experienced beggar. He knew exactly where to stand. Now, you got to understand, it's about a 15-mile stretch, okay, between Jericho and Jerusalem. He would, he would come through town, Jesus, with the whole entire posse, the twelve you know, actually, it was, it was, it was the one that was, that was John that, that stood closest, and then it was the three, Peter, James, and John, and then it was the twelve, and then it was those that called themselves disciples, and then it was the multitude, and they're all following him, right? Now, by this time, Jesus has already gained a lot of notoriety. I mean, he's done some crazy, crazy things here. He's cast demons out. And if you look in Mark chapter 5, three miracles, back to back to back, boom, 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 boom. He, he's on his way, he's on his way somewhere, and he sees a man who's demon-possessed. He casts the demon out of him, 
And then, and then a guy comes to him and says, hey, will you come heal my daughter? He's on his way to heal this guy's daughter when a woman with a flow of blood for 12 years comes up and touches his garment, and she gets healed. And then he says, well, I ain't got time for this, man. Just go home. She's healed. It's awesome to be able to do stuff like that, right? Talk about Jesus was like the king of efficiency. You know what I'm saying? So that happened just five chapters before this, right? And so Jesus is, has already developed a, a following. He is on his way to Jerusalem for this huge festival, and it won't be long before he finds the cross. On his way, this is where Bartimaeus is camped out. How many of you know, how many of you guys have ever like sold something for your kids before at school? How many of you have ever done that before? You know you have. They don't do it themselves. You do it, and we all know it. I'm proud. I, I don't care. I'm proud of it. I remember I, I had like the, the school record one time for, for, for sales, and it was because my dad was selling all kinds of meat and spreadable cheeses at MTD and Willard. He raked in the money for us. I got to go on a limo ride to McDonald's. It was awesome. I didn't do a dang thing to help. So don't get all sanctimonious on me. You know you've done it for your kids too. But if you are someone who knows, you're like the Girl Scouts, man. The Girl Scouts, that's an that's a evil, evil group of people. Let's just talk about because of the cookies. They know where to stand. Right? They know you're walking through the grocery store and you're starving like a hostage. Right? You are hungry. And they know, they're like, man, if you just part, and you, you're about to, you're about to, to go and, and cash out, and you know you ain't ate nothing, and you're just like, I cannot, I am, I am hungry. Like, my stomach is eating my backbone right now. That's where we're at. And then you have Samoas. Tagalongs, man, Tagalongs. have peanut butter. That's just, yeah. that's, not my, that's not my bag. The coconutty stuff, though, that's a party in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. The chocolate with the mint, what are those called? That's ironic because it don't make you thinner. Marketing geniuses, this evil Ponzi scheme, they know exactly where to stand. Bartimaeus has been, has been begging, it's safe to assume, probably at least his entire life, probably close. He knew where to beg, he knew how to beg. Obviously, it wasn't his first day on the job. He, was, he sees the Messiah coming, and he won't shut up. Obviously, he's done this before. He's begging for something a little different this time, but he knows how to beg. Amen? This is all he's ever known. Notice his ailment. When they call him Bartimaeus, they call him Blind Bartimaeus. His ailment precedes his name. That's what he's known for. Who's that dude? Oh, that's just blind Bartimaeus. Why do they call him that? It's kind of in the name. He's blind and he begs. That's what he does. He doesn't have a name for anything else. How many of you would, how many of you would, would hate that? Anybody? Yeah. Well, hey, this is my, my friend, receding hairline Henry. <laughs> this is his wife, Alopecia Aaron. Ooh, watch out, Will Smith is on his way in here. Oh. <laughs> That's too soon. It's too soon. What if they led that with me? Hey, this is uh, ankylosing spondylitis. Terry just doesn't have the same ring, does it? But that's what they did. He has proceeded. 
He's preceded, his name for his ailment is preceded before who he really is. He's known for being blind and begging. That's what he's known for. He's made a name for himself. Think about this for a second. Could you imagine if the only thing you've ever been known for is, is, is your struggle and how you beg for help? Can you imagine if that's all you're ever known for? You're not known as the guy who's helped people. You're not known as the guy who's cheered people up in the middle of the hardest times. I'm going to guess that Bartimaeus was so much more than blindness, but that's all he was known for, right? So it just shows this guy was an experienced beggar. This was not his first time on the side of the road where everybody known to man is walking to get back to Jerusalem for a festival. He knew what was up, and he knew his best chances to get help. He was experienced. If it stops there, it's tragic, don't you think? But thank God God doesn't stop there with us, amen? Amen. Bartimaeus was willing to give up begging to follow Jesus. And this is absolutely huge. So look at verses 47 through 50. Here we go. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded and called that he be called the blind man and brought to him. And he said, be of good cheer, arise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. There's a couple things we see here. The first one that we see is that he absolutely refused to be silent. If you want to see God work in your life, friends, there are times that you just can't shut up. There are times you have to rattle the beams of heaven. You have to fight tooth and nail and say, God, I need you to heal me. I need you to heal my family member. I need you to heal this relationship. I need you to heal my finances. And, 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 and so often we say, God, can you, heal, can you heal me? Will you please heal me? No? Okay, cool, thanks. I'm done. I'll see you later. In fact, if you look in, in Scripture, other parts where Jesus says, ask, seek, Knock, be that neighbor who pounds on the door to get that bread until they wakes up that person out of bed. We need, to, we need to learn some persistence when it comes to praying for miracles. So often we're just like, yeah, whatever happens, happens, and God's will be done. But, but maybe, just maybe, we should be the people who refuse to, 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 to shut up about our marriage until God has brought some healing to our marriage. Amen? Maybe we should fight tooth and nail to get the things that God has in store for us. But so often we're so easily dissuaded. You ever see that video, that movie, Tommy Boy? It's a, it's a really, it's a spiritual uplifter, that one. <laughs> but Tommy goes out on his first sales trip and, 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 and Richard's like, hey, remember, we don't take no for an answer, right? We don't take no for an answer. He sits down, guy's like, no, he's like, gotcha, thanks, and leaves. Terrific, bye, and, and over and over and over again. Like, so often, that's how we are. 
And we need to refuse to be silenced. And when the world around us is telling us to shut up and be quiet and don't bother him, we need to cry out all the more. Amen? Amen. It's the people who refuse to be silenced and continue to pound on the doors of heaven that see God move. Now, if you're doing it, and, and the Bible says this, sometimes you ask and you ask amiss that you, may, that you may spend it on your pleasures. If that's where you're at, you might as well stop pounding and go back home, go in your bedroom and rethink your priorities yeah. and see if what you're praying for is what God is, is offering and desiring for you. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. It's not even part of the message. I was, that was bonus. Enjoy. Here's my favorite part of the whole entire thing. It is tucked away in the middle of this whole thing. And if you're not paying attention, you don't know what you're looking for, you can completely miss it. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. That is big. Let's talk about the importance of a Bartimaeus's cloak. Well, I don't really have any cloaks. I have, I have some clothes, but I don't really have anything that I would consider a cloak. And when you're built like me, you got to go to tent and awning to get them anyway. But this will work. So Bartimaeus, let's just say Bartimaeus. Black's my color. It's slimming. Now that we got those lights back there, the people online can actually see me instead of just my head. When, when you're watching online and we don't have those lights on, I look like a floating head when I wear black. It's really freaky. <laughs> That's why you got those lights. Okay. So Bartimaeus has a cloak. And he says that, it says that he casts aside the cloak. This is absolutely ginormous for a few reasons. You got to understand where he's begging. First of all, he's begging. He's not begging in San Diego that always is 70 degrees. He is begging in the, in the, in the desert between Jericho and Jerusalem. Wow. Struggle, struggle bus, man. I'm driving. Hop on. He is in the desert between the two cities, right? In the daytime, it's scorching hot. In the evening, it's freezing. It's kind of like living in Ohio. You go outside and you're like, it's a beautiful day. And then by halfway through the day, you're like, where's my coat? Right? First day, man, I got all day was about Ohio weather. Okay, cool. So in the daytime, this cloak was used to cover him from the sun. Right? In the nighttime, it was his blanket to keep him warm. He had to have it everywhere he went. It was a source of comfort for him. In the daytime when it's scorching, you got to have something to keep the sun off of your head. You ever had a sunburn head, Dustin? It is horrible, is it not? More than that, James, have you ever tried to shave your sunburned head? Oh, shaving a sunburned head... Maybe the entrance to the tribulation. <laughs> Look, it feels, here's what it feels like. It feels like you've got a thousand bees stinging you on your head at once. And you decided to set those bees on fire to kill them. 
And then you had to put out the fire, so you, you used battery acid to do it. But to clean off the battery acid, you used the alcohol. That's what it feels like. So you need something, because I'm guessing Bartimaeus for today, he was bald. That's just to help me in my message. But he had to cover from the heat, and he had to shelter from the cold. That's what the cloak was. It was a source of comfort for him. Let's talk about the fact that Bartimaeus was willing to sacrifice his comfort to follow Jesus. Boy, I wish we could say the same thing for the American church. You're about to clap. I'm talking about you. I wouldn't clap. My, oh my, how comfort has to precede our pursuit of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to be careful what I say because I remember when right before COVID happened, I, I got up and the Lord laid something on my heart to say, and I said, what if all the lights and all the music and the whole entire service went away? Would you still be able to worship Jesus on your own? I'm not going to do that this time. <laughs> it was literally the week before, wasn't it? Can I ask you a question? If the temperature wasn't perfect in here, which it's not, man, I'm telling you what, it's, it's a struggle. to get, that, that one right there is possessed by the enemy. That thermostat has a demon. We're going to cast it out Friday night at prayer. <laughs> Something's not right with that. If the temperature weren't perfect, and we didn't sing songs that you liked, and Ben and Becky and their team of people at the cafe didn't make the hot, fresh-brewed coffee or the, or the wonderful cold drinks. And we didn't have people outside cheering that you're coming to church. That was, uh, that was our teens. Thank you, teens. That was awesome. I, yeah, I heard somebody, Gavin, somebody walked in, and they're like, well, Gavin was a little aggressive. He preached a three-point sermon to me in the second I drove by. I'm like, well, the apple, the tree, not far. Okay. <laughs> what if I didn't preach words to encourage you, but rather stepped on your feet every single Sunday? <laughs> Would you still come to church here? You know the answer to that question. I don't. I know that coffee plays a big part in people's ability to worship nowadays. <laughs> Our carpet tells the story. Y'all, the spillingest bunch of people I've ever seen in my life. There's a, new, there's a new spot every week. The newest one is, I was, Wes was like, hey, do you see the new spot? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, thank God it's not right in front of the sound booth where everybody walks and nobody, there's nothing over it. Because usually, like, if you're like, why is that, why is that? Kleenex box there. Well, because you spilled coffee and we're like, oh, uh, you put that Kleenex box there. <laughs> We've got a plan. We've got a plan. We're going to dump coffee on the whole entire floor and it'll all be the same color stain. Brilliant. But what if all that stuff wasn't here? Would you still be able to chase God? So much of our Christianity depends on our comfort, it's ridiculous. And so often we're like, well, I want to serve, but I don't want to serve in the hard jobs. It's like the spiritual, 
the spiritual uh, equivalent to the, to the jar that has both peanut butter and jelly in it in the same jar. You consider that to be effective. That is lazy. Well, I want a sandwich, but I don't want to have to open up all these jars. Just get to put all in this one jar, and then it'll be good. We, we take that approach in our pursuit of Jesus. And Bartimaeus was willing to say, I'm going to take the very thing that shelters me from the sun and the hottest of moments, and I'm going to take the thing that keeps me cool in the coldest moments of night, and I don't care how comfortable I am. I need Jesus to work in my life, so I'm going to cast it aside, and I'm going to run after him. And maybe, just maybe, if the church today would be someone who says, I don't care how comfortable it is. I don't care how, how, the, how perfect the temperature is or what tasty beverages they come up with for the cafe. I'm going to push all my comfort aside and chase after Jesus. Could you imagine the impact the world around us we could have in it? But the average Christian will not cast their comfort aside. Look, I like coffee a lot. <laughs> Wes doesn't drink it. I, I like it enough for the both of us. We're good. I like air conditioning. Have you seen me? I sweat when I breathe. So it's good. I like air conditioning. I like all these things. But the main thing has to be Jesus. And so Bartimaeus was willing to give up that cloak. And he's like, he's like I, I, will, I, will, I will put this to the side so that I can chase after him. Does that make sense? Is that good? How many of you are offended and now don't want to be anywhere near me? Good. Well, I assume nobody. That's why I said good. Not for those who would raise their hand. Now understand this, Bartimaeus had, had embraced the identity of a beggar. Here's a crazy thing. This cloak of, of Bartimaeus's was actually seen as his license to beg. Did you know that? To be a beggar, you had to have a, a certain kind of cloak. Otherwise, they don't let you do it. I, I don't know. It was weird. But it was his license. It was his identity. When somebody saw this cloak, they know that guy's a beggar. And he was willing to lay down his identity. Everything that he's been, understand this, from the time he was born to this time now, he's willing to lay down who he's been to chase after Jesus. Everything that was his identity, he's saying, I was willing to give that up just to have more of Jesus. Does that make sense? What if we were willing to give up our identity? Because so many of us have embraced an identity, whether it was good or bad. And Bartimaeus said, I don't care what I've always been. I'm going to tell you who I am now. I may, be a, I may have always been a beggar, but now I'm a chaser. And now I'm a seeker. Now I'm, now I'm someone who's going after Jesus. Each of us have embraced an identity, whether for better or for worse. Some of your identity is great. If you're a parent, your identity is mom and dad, period. How do I know? When's the last time someone said to you, hey, your name's Chris? No, they say, hey, you're Luke's dad or Rebecca's dad, right? You don't have a name anymore, right? That, when you, you go to, hey, are you, are you Gavin's dad? I'm like, heck no, Gavin's my son. 
Name's Terry. Get it right. The name's Terry. Get it right. But we've all had an identity. And when that identity is ripped away from you, it's a struggle. Right? And it's, so it's hard. It's hard to be willing to give up who you've always been to chase after something that God has for you because now it looks different. I remember. I remember having to do that. But I'm telling you, there's nothing better than your identity being in Christ Jesus. And now his identity isn't beggar. His identity is the one who chased after Jesus, wouldn't shut his mouth. Jesus pulled him up and healed him. That's his new identity. His identity is who he is in Christ now. The church needs to shed identities and just be his. There's something absolutely amazing when you say, I'm not worried about who the world says I am anymore. I just want to be known as his. We, we had a, there was a lady who, who used to come to Fusion Lexington and she was on the plant team at Fusion Madison and, and um, her name was Carrie Ann and Carrie Ann has actually been very vocal about this online and so like I feel like if you post on something on Facebook, it's fair game for me to talk about so we're going to do that. Some of you are like, I better go through my Facebook and see what PT is going to talk about with me. So Carrie Ann, uh, right before she left here, had a, had a, a battle uh, with cancer. And, um, and God did this miraculous healing. And, uh, and sometimes he uses miraculous power, and sometimes he uses doctors, sometimes he uses both. He did both there, right? And so she was at Madison, and, and the cancer came back. And so she had to get this, this uh, what is the word? I hate when my brain stops working. Yeah, like a bone, yeah, it's bone marrow transplant. It was a procedure. It was a bone marrow transplant. And so basically they took her, her all of her DNA basically down to zero, and they, they gave her her sister's bone marrow. You want to hear what happened? She began to take on more of her sister's traits. The things, she's like, I've got cravings for things I've never liked before. She's like, for some reason, I'm craving Papa John's and, and, and this snack and this drink. And she calls her sister, she's like, what are your favorite snacks? And her sister's like, I love Papa John's pizza. And I love this snack and I love this drink. Those are my favorites. And she's like, and as she took on her sister's bone marrow, she began to take on her sister's DNA and began to crave that which her sister craved. And when you are somebody who follows Jesus, not just said I go to church, but somebody who follows Jesus, and you say, I'm going to live for him. I'm going to take on Christ. And I'm going to allow him to infiltrate into my life. And I'm going to allow him to permeate my being and become Lord of my life. Be, what begins to happen is the things that you used to crave for, you no longer want now. And the things that Jesus wants for you, those are the things that you want for yourself. Those are the things that you desire. Those are the things that you crave. You begin to take on the identity of Jesus. And the things that you used to love that he hated, you now hate. And the things that you used to hate that he loves, you now love. How cool is that? I feel like I owe her a gift card to somewhere now for using her story. What is it? To Papa John's. Duh. Who said that? Very smart. Thank you. So, so Bartimaeus refused to be silent. He, he, get, he, he casted his comfort to the side in order to get to Jesus. 
and he no longer embraced the identity of a beggar, but rather, rather began, became the identity of the man who was changed and healed by Jesus. That's huge, right? Yeah. How did Bartimaeus handle this moment? Verses 51 and 52. I'm almost done. So Jesus answered him, and he said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. What did Jesus say there? Go what? Go your way. Your faith has made you well. I want you to understand something. Jesus was giving him permission to go back to whatever it was he was doing. Jesus said to him, go your way. Go do your thing. You do you, boo. Go do your thing. <laughs> Didn't feel right coming for me, does it? <laughs> Thought I'd run it up the flagpole and see if it flies. It doesn't. <laughs> Jesus said to him, go your way. Do your thing. Many times... People wait until Jesus gives them what they want, and then they split. You look at the ten lepers. Lepers, not leopards. Not rawr. Lepers. Ah! Lepers, right? Right, just in case you were wondering, right? So, <laughs> I got to get out of here. I told them at Easter, I said, if you were wondering if this is how we really are, this is how we really are. I'm just proving it today. Okay? So there it is. So the ten lepers. Jesus heals this gaggle of lepers. Just They're all together. There's ten of them. And he heals them all. And, and, and so like all of them went their way except for one. One came running to Jesus to thank him. They all went their own way to go do their own thing. They probably wanted to show everybody their new, their new baby skin, their, their, their healing, all the things that just happened. They're probably excited to get back to life. They probably are missing out on their family and want to go see their family because when you have leprosy, you're exiled outside the city. So they probably hadn't seen their family in forever. They probably have lost their wife. They probably have lost their job. And they're ready and willing to go just get everything back. But there was one who said, okay, I understand that's my way and I need to go that way maybe eventually, but right now I'm running to Jesus and I'm thanking him. I like to think that I'm the one that would come back. I can't guarantee that's true. I hope that you're the one that would come back out of the 10. I can't guarantee that's true. I think it's a question we should all ask ourselves. You ready for it? Okay. Will we continue to follow Jesus after we've checked everything off of our wish list? That's a question I have to ask myself. Okay, my life was a wreck. And I talked about what God did in my life just, just a while back, but my life was a wreck. Everything was falling apart. And then God started changing it. Rapid fire. You remember, dude, it was instantaneous, but it was also progressive. But God was just rapid fire changing my life. How many of you guys knew me at that time? Any, any, how many of you knew me when I was first giving my life to the Lord in like 99? Okay. Yeah, not many. Okay. 
And God just started doing things, man. I, I got the, the job I always wanted. I got the girl of my dreams. Locked my keys in my car. And that was all she wrote, man. We've been together ever since. That girl lost a bet and had to be with me for the rest of her life. <laughs> Poor woman. I started getting all these things. And then I got a call to ministry. And then I got this and I got that. And the question is, when I get everything that's on my list of things that I want to acquire in this world, is Jesus still enough? And you need to ask yourself that. You need to ask yourself that. Because here's what happens with Bartimaeus. Jesus says to him, go your way and look what happens after that. And immediately he received a sight and followed Jesus on the road. He didn't run back and grab his cloak and put it on and then start asking for money. He didn't run to try and find his family and tell them what happened. He didn't run to try and maybe find, uh, you know, a new job or, or get that dream job or, or run and look at all the things that he's never gotten to see before. He just followed Jesus. Worship team, go ahead and make your way up here. Jesus' way became Bartimaeus's way did you hear that I know people are walking up on stage I hey those guys are walking up on stage I'm gonna do that from now on when I call people out to do something and you guys are like I'm gonna call you out on it that guy's getting into the cage I've never seen that before I'm gonna say it again in case you didn't hear it Jesus's way became Bartimaeus's way this is big he said go ahead if you want go ahead go your way go do what you're going to do and Bartimaeus said absolutely not wherever you're headed that's where I'm going Bart can we call him Bart I feel like we know him now well enough to call him Bart 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 <laughs> Bartholomew, Bartimaeus, Billy, what was his name? Bart, we'll go with Bart. Bartimaeus didn't try to go back to his normal life and didn't say, I've got this checklist of things that I want to do, all these things I've wanted to accomplish, and blindness was the only thing holding me back. He said, no, I'm going to follow Jesus because Jesus is the source of life to me, so I'm going to follow him now. And wherever Jesus went, that's where he went because his way became Bartimaeus's way. He didn't try and implement Jesus into his old life. He fashioned a new life surrounding Jesus. And so often, what we do, maybe not you guys, maybe other churches. Let's say, let's say it's other churches. So often, what we do is we say, okay, I'm following Jesus now. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to get involved in ministry. But yet, we still want to implement Jesus into our life. Enough Jesus to be the size of a puzzle piece that, can, that, that we can put in and it can, it can fit the rest of our picture that we've always wanted it to look like. And Jesus is saying, you know what? I don't fit as a puzzle piece and your life's puzzle. I am your life. I am your strength. I am your refuge. I am your way. And you best stop trying to implement me into your life and start implementing yourself into my plan for you. Go ahead and stand to your feet.
do you know, check this out, Bartimaeus, do you know where Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus ended up following Jesus? We don't know how long he made it. But let's, can we take the rabbit trail and just kind of think about it for a second? Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem to suffer many things at the hands of the scribes and Pharisees and die. I don't know how far Bartimaeus followed him. I mean, if you think about it, Peter was one of his own. Peter saw Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration. Only three people got to see that. Peter was one of them, and yet he still denied Jesus three times. So if Bartimaeus kind of chickened out, I guess we kind of understand why, right? Even the elect struggle at some point in time or another. Amen? And it's okay. But he followed Jesus into the hardest part of Jesus' ministry. It just makes me ask myself this question, how far am I willing to follow Jesus? Am I willing to just follow Jesus as long as it's popular? Because I got news for you, it's not popular anymore. Am I willing to follow Jesus as as long as it's fun? I got news for you, there's going to come a time where it's not fun anymore. There's coming a time where your desire to follow Jesus will be seen as a threat to all of those who don't. In fact, you're living in that time now. How far are you willing to go to follow him? Are you willing to say, I'm not going to shut up and I'm not going to stay silent. I'm 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 going to fight tooth and nail for the things that he has in store for me. Are you willing to say, I'm going to cast my cloak to the side, my comfort, my, my, my shelter from the sun in the morning and my, and my shelter from the cold in the evening, my comfort, am I willing to cast that to the side to follow him? Am I willing to, to take the identity that I've always been? I've always been this person. Am I willing to throw that to the side and now just take on the banner of just his? Am I willing to follow him that his way become my way? Excuse me. That his way become my way. That his cravings become my cravings. That his desire for my life become my desire for my life. And am I willing to follow him into the moment where it's no longer pleasant to follow him? Am I willing to do that? I don't know about you. I've got a lot to learn from Bartimaeus. And I want to be the one who throws my comfort, my identity, and my dependence on safety to the side just to be his. Take on the mantle of one who just belongs to him. It's not easy, but boy, is it worth it. Amen? Does this make sense to you guys? So here's what I want to do, man. I'm just going to pray, and I'm going to get out the way. I want you to ask yourself a couple questions. Am I allowing myself to be shut up when there's opposition? Am I willing to sacrifice my comfort? Am I willing to sacrifice my identity? Am I willing to embrace his identity for my life? Am I willing to follow him after I've checked everything off of my wish list? Is his way, am I willing to make that my way? 
And how far am I willing to go with Jesus? Ask ourselves that question. So I'm going to pray. The altars are open. If you answered some of your questions in a way that you're not happy with, repent and make the decision to change and do it now. Amen? If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, make his way your way. I promise you, you won't regret it. You want to talk to me about that? I'm going to be down here here in a second. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to get out of the way. If you need prayer, we have our prayer team. We have elders. We have just altar space. If you just want to come and worship, just come and worship. But let us be a body of believers who proclaim, I'm going to remove my comfort. I'm going to remove my identity. I'm just going to be his, and his way will become my way. And I promise you, life changes when that moment happens. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for each and every person in this room. And God, we've got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to learn from Bartimaeus. Father, that we would be willing to cast our comfort to the side, that we'd be willing to take on your identity, that we'd be willing to say that I don't care how much of my checklist gets checked off, I just want your way to be my way, and that we will follow you all the days of our life, God. That's our prayer, God. Help us to live it today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's worship God. I'm at the altar. I'm up here if you need prayer. Let's worship God.